You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern says her cabinet will begin considering tightening the country's gun laws tomorrow following the deadly mosque shootings in Christchurch. As I've already indicated, it's my intention that we will have uh, an agency briefing for cabinet and we will have preliminary policy discussions around uh, issues like, for instance, uh, gun policy. Ardern spoke today as authorities said the death toll has climbed to 50. Police say they found another body at one of the two mosques that was attacked. NPR's Rob Schmitz is in Christchurch. He reports residents there have responded with support for the Muslim community. The city of 400,000 is known as the Garden City of New Zealand, and nowhere was resident support for its Muslim community more obvious than in front of the city botanical gardens, where thousands of bouquets of flowers, candles, and letters line the walls. Christchurch resident Imelda Curtin visited the shrine Sunday morning. People are feeling numb, people are feeling angry. They have all of these feelings, guilt, shame, but the overriding one is compassion and love for the Muslim community. And you can see that here, and that is the only thing that will push out the hate. Nearby, volunteers helped hundreds of grief-stricken Muslim families cope with the tragedy. Rob Schmitz, NPR News, Christchurch. To the Midwest now, where authorities used boats and large vehicles to rescue and evacuate residents after rain and snow melt following a massive winter storm. 
overwhelmed creeks and rivers. At least two people reported dead. The flooding has sent many rivers over their banks onto roads, bridges, and homes. 53 Nebraska counties remain under an emergency declaration, as Allison Mullenkamp of Member Station NET in Lincoln reports. Flooding affects even those who live far from the river. Nancy Pitek lives between Lincoln and Omaha. She says even there, she sees effects of flooding. All the farms around all go down waterways, and our waterway was like a river for a while. Lisa Smith's husband's family owns a floating bed and breakfast and a dinner cruise boat. Her husband and son were out checking on the fleet. Their, their main concern is just making sure that, that their safety, number one, but number two, making sure the fleet is, is where it needs to be and everything's secure and so it doesn't go floating down river. <laughs> Flood levels along the Missouri may not peak until Tuesday. For NPR News, I'm Allison Mollenkamp. More than 100 people confirmed dead after a cyclone slammed into southeastern Africa. The storm moved over Mozambique on Thursday and then into Zimbabwe and Malawi. Ishma Fundikwa reports from Harare that devastation is expected to be long-lasting. More deaths are expected as rescue efforts are being hampered by inaccessibility to areas where people are marooned as roads and bridges have been damaged or swept away. In addition to the scores left dead and missing, the cyclone has destroyed property and infrastructure in Mozambique, Malawi and Zimbabwe. You're listening to NPR News. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Coming up next on the serious side. Many of those who will have been directly affected by this shooting uh, may be migrants to New Zealand. They have chosen to make New Zealand their home, and it is their home. They are us. Today, white nationalism is a rising threat around the world. I don't really. I think it's a uh, small group of people that have very, very serious problems. Yasser Amin had just parked his car near to the Al-Nur Mosque to attend Friday prayers with his father when he realized something was wrong. When we stepped out of the car, I heard a gunshot, uh, but I wasn't able to locate who's shooting. Suddenly, that uh, uh, the killer, the terrorist, uh, who just uh, stopped the car right in front of us, and it was very shocking. And I just noticed his big gun, so I shouted at my father, "Daddy, you need to run away! This shooting!" And uh, after a few seconds, I uh, I would turn around to ask my father. Uh, that you need to lay down on the ground. So when I turned around and I I saw my father, he was falling down. And at the same time, uh, the shooter, he just ran away. And I approached my dad and then I suddenly saw blood around his body. If you had asked me to guess where white nationalism in America comes from, I think I might have said the Deep South, given its history of segregation, lynchings, slavery, etc. But 
You write that this movement actually had strong underpinnings in elite New Englanders in the early 20th century. Tell me about them. That's right. So I, the essay focuses in large part on Madison Grant, who was a patrician New Yorker and conservationist who applied his experience with endangered animals to essentially white people in the United States. He sat down with Oprah, posed for Vanity Fair, but today for the first time ever, Beto O'Rourke came here to Iowa to talk to voters. Hey everybody, what's up? The former congressman swarmed with cameras. Just hours earlier, he'd announced his presidential campaign, his wife Amy by his side. This is a defining moment of truth for this country and for every single one of us. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is March 17th. 2019, and you're in tune to the serious side of the Jay Ralph Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio is best. Good morning to you all. Like the man said, I am the host of the show, Jay Ralph, but as always, I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the best in the business. First up, it's official, guys. This guy is in the house. You get his voice every Sunday morning when he's available. This is one of the smartest guys I know. I'm glad to call him my little brother. One of the main brothers, one of the main voices right here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. Johnny D. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Jay. Uh, I am humbled. I am humbled by that introduction. Uh, certainly, you must be talking about someone else. But uh, good morning. To, <laughs> talking to about you, dude. Talking about you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And, and, and I'm certainly hoping that, that you're feeling better uh, this weekend. So, again, prayers are with Absolutely. you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, really we call him King Asabi around here, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, John D. And Vanessa, baby, I hope you feel better. Absolutely, Vanessa Maybell is under the weather this morning. morning. Hopefully, she'll tune in. Praying for Vanessa as always, and uh, you know our uh, and the smartest man in the world, Mr. Uh, Jerome Spree, usually joins us after his commitment to Clear Channel Radio. But until then, we always hold it down. The number is three four seven eight five zero one two seven two three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Like Johnny D mentioned, I was under the weather last week, uh, but I'm back feeling good. Like I know I should, glad to be in the house, a lot to talk about, but you know how we do it. Once a month, we have a show called the Sunday Morning Roundtable, where we go around and we ask folks that are right here, sitting at this table every Sunday morning, what they want to talk about during the segment. So we always do this. It's another bit that we do to uh, try to sh- make, you know, shake things up, and I'm pretty sure they have plenty to talk about, because in the age of Trump, you know, if you go to sleep for an hour and wake up, the topic has changed and there's always something new. So anyway, chat rooms should be open. You can check in there. Uh, once again, 85% of our social media outreach is uh, our social media connections are reconnected. So uh, I'm hearing from the usuals every Sunday, which is a good thing. But we're still working on that 15%, so hang in there. Also, uh, Instagram family, what's happening to you guys? Glad you guys are in the house. We're going to try to do something where we could do a little bit of a live broadcast so you guys can 
can kind of see the lips moving as we speak. But I'm not sure if that's what you want to do. But in the meantime, between time, once again, Sunday morning, the Sunday morning roundtable where we take topics or take what's on our panelists' minds and we bring it to the table and have that conversation. All right, Mr. Elias, you're the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side. What are we talking about during the first segment, my friend? Um, I want to talk about Manafort and his sentencing, man, the judicial system. That, wow. That That's a good place to start. Why. That was set me back for a little bit, man. You know, Kwame Kilpatrick, mayor of Detroit. Former mayor of Detroit, yes. Former mayor of Detroit, same crimes. Way more system, way more time in jail, twenty something years in jail. This man gets a slap on yeah. the wrist, and 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 they talk about how he was a standing citizen. <laughs> I, I I just can't believe that. And and then you go, and then you take it a, a step further with the, the with the millionaires that are helping their kids get into school. What do you think is gonna happen to them? They're gonna get a slap on the wrist too. This is, I mean, huh. the judicial system. The way they sentence people, man. The Manafort thing. This dude, he didn't. He 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 refused to help. You know, he refused to help any in any way possible with the investigation. He's like, nope, I'm not going to help. No, no, no. It's not he. Like, he didn't. Like no, no, Mr. Elias. It's he not lied. the fact that he, he refused to help. There you go. Get it right. He said he was he going lied. to help, and he then lied. he lied. Right. He lied. Yeah. And so he lied. Yeah. And then, so so not only did he lie, Johnny D, he had witness tampering. This guy just raped raped the United States of America about fifty five million dollars plus. So you can sit here and say, well, you know, uh, Kwame Kilpatrick, his situation was, well, you know, it's same crimes. But I, I look, I, I'm willing to say I think his crimes were probably a little less than what this fool has done, mm-hmm. and this guy gets a slap on the wrist. A slap on the yeah. wrist. When you talk about injustice, this guy is going to spend, Michael Vick probably spent more time in jail for being a part of a dog-killing operation than this guy did for raping the United States of America, defrauding tax laws, working with Russian and overseas counterparts, Johnny D. This guy gets a slap on the wrist, and the only reason why he has seven years is because they got him twice. But the bottom line is, let's say that he wasn't charged in the other jurisdiction or whatever the case may be. This guy would have gotten 47 months in prison. Come on, man. Let's say you, John. Well, I, I, you know, Jay, I, there's really no, no way to explain it other than the fact that the, the rule of law that we base our Constitution on um, and, and, and our criminal justice and legislative branch uh, and judicial branch on just failed in, in this instance, but it goes back to this has been a week to show where money has privilege in this country uh, and really yep. throughout the world. So I think that this is a, a prime indicator that uh, Paul Manafort and the, those judges um, and the criminal justice system oftentimes rewards those individuals who extort the country out of millions. Um, Years ago, Dick Cheney and, and his group uh, with Halliburton, they received nothing yes. after you know all of their illicit and illegal arms bids. Uh, you go back to Oliver North, back under the the, the Reagan era. You know these guys yeah. have uh, allowed themselves to commit criminal acts, but because they are, and, and certainly, 
I don't doubt that Donald Trump and some of his constituents was working hand in hand with these sentences as they were laid down. You know, it's a reason as to why people talk about the delay in criminal justice because if you look about, if you look at all of the federal court uh, appointments that had to be made uh, that during the President Obama's era that. You know, the, the, the Republican Congress and the Republican Senate wouldn't allow these appointments to be appointed. So now, now Donald Trump has the autonomy to appoint certain people who has his agenda. So, you know, e- e- even the young lady who recently sentenced him to 43 months, you know, and came out with this hard action and, and, and all this assassination of his character, again, gave 43 months. So the judicial system has failed. But if Power Manafort had gotten 50 years in sentence, be honest with you. Be honest with you. A pardon is awaiting him down the line, whether it's tomorrow or whether it's at the end of, of Donald Trump's uh, presidency. So he could have absorbed all of it, and it still would not have impacted the, the outcome that will soon be forthcoming, which is the pardon. Well, now, but now, keep in mind now. And so, you know, like my man said, you know, we playing chess with Alonzo, say, Mr. LS, we playing chess, not checkers. So we can talk about yes, the criminal justice system, and, and you know we can make those comments. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, state charges were filed the very next day yes. after Amy Jackson, Judge yes, Amy yes. Jackson, uh, rendered her her uh, her her uh, sentencing. Now, you know, Johnny, you said something that I want to kind of jump back on here a little bit. You said the judges. I thought that Judge Amy Jackson did what she was supposed to do. She did. She didn't look at what happened. You know, two weeks prior to her sentencing, she said, okay, let me look at this case based on the facts and based on the marriage on what I'm dealing with. I mean, because I remember when this whole thing happened with O.J. Simpson. Remember, Mr. Elias, we were going crazy because the bottom line is we felt that the sentence for O.J. was a lot harsher because they had always been trying to get him for that original crimes back in the 90s. And so they threw the book at him in Las Vegas. So the Vegas people did the complete opposite. They weren't supposed right. to, you know, uh, like they said, under normal guidelines, a normal person would have received a lighter sentence. But because it was O.J., they threw the book at that person, and we criticized that judge for doing that. Because uh, those cops were heard on tape saying, oh, yeah, we finally got his ass. We finally to got use their terms. Yeah. We got his yeah. ass now. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, so, so, yeah. so that was a mis. So that was a miscarriage of justice in the O.J. Simpson situation, and I thought that Judge, you know, Amy Jackson did it completely different when the person, when you know, Paul Manafort appeared in her courtroom. So I, you know, I want to applaud her for that because I was hoping that she gave him ten years, but she didn't. Yeah, what, and yeah. what she gave, what she gave him was normal within, I guess, the sentencing guidelines based on other people who had appeared. I'm sorry, who's trying to get in? Well, well, let me ask this right here now. Was was she still not looking at the sixteen indictments? Really? So <laughs> you know, and yeah. So I mean, but but Johnny, really? But Johnny, yeah, no, 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 but I saw that based based, based Jay, on you Brother know. Jay, just, I, no, Jay, I may be wrong. Okay, I may be wrong, <laughs> but there's no <laughs> way in, 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 in my twenty plus years. That I've seen a person have 16 indictments and get less than four okay. years. So, right, well, you're right. Okay. You know, again, the the, the lead up to it, you know, all of the things that she said and did was was correct. And, you know, when you look at a, a partial criminal justice system, yeah, 
you said the right thing, but under the the guidelines and the scope of sixteen indictments could have been more would have been more for you. Would have been more for but for Mr. Elias, would it have been more for myself? Well, and then I think that we have to look at the fact that it, it most likely would. Oh, yeah, oh, mm-hmm. definitely. yeah. Definitely. Now, now, I will say I'm not an advocate of, of Mr. Kilpatrick, uh, but he, he got a lot of time for a similar. Really? Matter of fact, yeah. less than what Manafort did. But, uh, yeah, I think he's still in prison, isn't he? Yes, he is. I think he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he is. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, has, yeah. He, has yeah. he He got a lot of, <laughs> a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, two wrongs don't make a right. And you're right, Johnny. I mean, the bottom line, what, what he did, you know, he deserved to go to prison for. But I think what we're seeing here, when we look at these situations, is you know, there are two, there are two Americas. You know, there there are two justice systems. There's a white justice system and a black justice system. And here's the thing that gets oh. me when I talk to my white friends is that you know they always try to give give an excuse when it's blatant in their face. That's the thing that bothers me about not only this situation, Mr. Elias. But also bothers me about when it comes to Trump versus Obama. You know, they look at the. It's blatant. It's blatant what's yeah. going on here. And for them to sit here and justify what you know Trump's doing or to justify this sentencing, it's ridiculous. That judge said that uh, uh, Paul Manafort, outside of this little you know little skirmish with the law, skirmish with the law. He lived, what did he say, an unblame, an unblameless life or whatever the hell he said. I'm oh, like, are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Unblemished life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are you looking at? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. What he was looking at was that lady looking at his skin color, man. Come on, let's call it what it was. He was looking at his skin but color. Let me, ask you guys that's, a, that's let me ask you guys a bigger question. Let me ask you guys a bigger question because we talk about Russia and we talk about the Gestapo and you know and and you know how you have dictatorships and things of that nature. How, how listen, judges are people. We talk about our system; it's a great system. How do we know that this judge didn't have a hidden agenda? How, how can a judge make a sentencing like this and this guy is not called to be, you know, reviewed or you know kicked off the bench? I mean, to me. This is blatant. So, yeah, we talk about justice, but this person or these people still have more power than most, right? They do. They do. And and I I will say this here. uh, Perhaps the most powerful persons that have any type of political office are those members of the highest court, which is the Supreme Court. There's an autonomy that comes with that. Uh, and, and certainly when you look at some of these federal uh, courts, the, district, the federal di- district courts and, and things of that nature, these judges are pretty pretty powerful. So, you know, again, you're still talking about those of the flesh. And I think in, in this case and in many cases, what you're going to see is that as these appointments start to mount up, and I think as, as Donald Trump nears – 2020, you'll start seeing more and more appointments. So I'm hoping that somehow or another the Congress will be able to block some of these appointments because once you get to court, then you control the laws and you control the the, the, the tone and, and, and the culture within any community as well as the United States. So, you know, is, is this a scenario that's based off of uh, pigmentation or based off of race? I think that certainly plays into effect. But most most often in America, it really is about the privilege of the dollar. And for those who can afford 
to skirt around the criminal justice system oftentimes do so. Most of the decisions that's made is not made on the bench. Most of the decisions is made where you've got someone that's champion because they know that judge. You know, they play golf with that judge, so they say, you know what, hey, you know, this guy isn't all that bad. So if you can work it out to where you do this on the sentencing, now that's not to indicate that it that it's corrupt, uh, but that's generally how it is. It's about fostering relationships and being able to have that mentor. You know, uh, imagine all of the mentors that, that you have probably uh, uh, assembled in your life, Jay, and, and, and Les, and now as we get more mature in, in our roles and in, in our career fields, we then become the mentors. But imagine how people, many people have come to you and just say, hey, you know, on a sidebar conversation, do you think this here and influenced you, not necessarily from a, from a criminal standpoint or a corruption standpoint, mm-hmm. but gave you a different light on a person and a being. That's, those are the things that happen every day. So the fostering of relationships is is really where the court system begins and ends. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's uh, thirty twenty four minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rob Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. This best we're talking about just the, the the tap on the hand, the slap on the wrist. Paul Manafort received from. Uh, the federal cases that he was indicted for. Now, it goes from now, you riddle me this, a guy who's supposed to get like 20, like something years, a maximum, he gets, he walks away with 47 months and so on, good behavior, plus he gets credit for time served, he could probably walk out in three years. Um, so now he has a combined sentence of about seven and a half years, but, you know, obviously, like I said, the, the, the United States justice system is playing chestnut checkers, and so as soon, so... If this guy was trying to, and I agree with you, Johnny D, I think at some point in time he says, you know what, I'm all in on the uh, pardon. I'm all in on the pardon. So the president's going to pardon me. I may have to spend a couple of years in jail, but at the end of the day, you know, he's going to pardon me. Uh, but then, you know, state charges were filed. said, okay, no problem. president can't touch you here. N.C. Hammer wrote a song about it, can't touch this. So the bottom line is you can get out of one, but you're damn sure not going to get out of the other. And I love it. And the fact that this is what's going on, I think, the bigger picture when it comes to Trump. I really and truly believe that they're just waiting in the cut. The Southern District of New York ain't joking. And they're saying, you know what? Try to get away. We got a trick for you. So I'm loving it. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. So, Mr. Elias, as we look at what's going on with Paul Manafort, do you honestly think, your personal opinion, do you think this man will ever see the light of day again when it comes to serving, you know, the rest of his time behind bars. Do you honestly think this guy no. is going to be able to, uh, do you think he's going to get out? Do you think he's going to, uh, what do you think? Talk to me. It depends It depends on what happens in the Southern District of New York. If they tap him, oh, yeah, he's gone. He's gone for the rest of his I life. Now, now, is it, now, now, is he being charged in the Southern District of New York, New York or is he being charged in uh, Virginia? I'm not sure which one. Let me let me check. Go ahead. Keep talking. I'll check while you're doing it. it, 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 it he's been charged in New York. So if he gets charged there, he can forget it. He can hang it up. He did get Okay, you're right. New but, York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if they charge him there, he, he can hang it up. But if he, if they don't get any charges in on him there, they'll go free in less than a year. But let me ask you this question, because this concerns me, Mr. Elias. Let, let me ask you a real quick. Simple partner. Let, let, me ask you, let me ask you a question, though, about that, Mr. Elias, real quick. When you think about the Southern District of New York, is there a possibility of double jeopardy? Right? I mean, is there a possibility 
And I don't know how no. that works. I, I don't, no, but you, you don't think so. You got federal charges and state charges. You got federal charges But they're charging charges. them for the same thing, no. though. I mean, you can't. If, okay, but. You, are you, you sure? You federal, you, I, can, I can charge them federally and, and through the state. Yeah. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. There's a difference. Okay. I wish Kathleen was here right, so she could explain it, but I, I do believe you could be charged federally and, 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 and through the state. You can't. Probably you right can't. about that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and speaking, speaking of Kathleen, we, we you know we wish her well. We know she's uh, she's been uh, dealing with some things. You know we love her to death, and uh, we just hope that uh, you know she will uh, come back soon. Uh, just uh, well wishes to her and, and uh, what she's dealing with. Uh, okay, well if you guys say so, then that, that's fine. I, I mean I, I didn't know I, because what I don't want to do, what I don't want is for this guy to find a way to weasel himself out of this, because you know money uh, is power. And like you mentioned, with this situation with Paul Manafort, you know, you touched a little bit on the what's going on with the white folks buying their kids. You know, listen, I, and, I, and I don't know if any, either of you guys are going to want to talk about this a little later in the show, but take a few minutes to kind of th- toss it around now. You know, I was watching a video of one of those actresses' kids, and she was talking about, oh, you know, oh, I'm not going to high school today. I mean, these kids, this is why you have bougie people because their parents are just as bougie, and they just blow things off because they know that if they're not successful in high school or in college, it really doesn't matter because they have a trust fund <laughs> that will kick in at the age of 18. Or, you know, hey, they're good. They don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. It's amazing how people well, operate Jay, in this Kathleen country. Kathleen just tapped in and said she's on the line. Oh, Kathleen's here? I'm yeah. not looking at the switchboard. I, I, Look here to see if she's early. here. Well, I tell you what, hold, hold on. Okay, we'll bring her. We'll bring her in because we got to get out of this set. We'll bring her in the second set. I want Kathleen to get the full throttle, the full, the marching bands, the angels blowing their horns from heaven. Because I mean, my goodness, has been worried about her. We want her to get the full effect. So I'll tell you what, that's a perfect segue. And let's get out of this set so we can bring in the one and only Miss Kathleen Williams. Uh, I mean, the, the long-awaited return of Miss Kathleen Williams. Three four seven. Eight five zero one two seven two. All right, in this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. You know, in the news, Mr. Elias, you hear a lot about what's going on. We we know that the Russians played a huge role in the 2016 election. We know that. And here's the thing about Russians. The Russians don't really give a damn whether you know they did it or not, because they're doing it again. They did it in 2016, and they're doing yeah. it right now. And they know mm-hmm. that they have a president in the White House Right, they have a president in the White House who who ignores his own uh, intelligence agencies, right? So to allow these people to, to, you know, it's almost like he's providing cover for them. This is the most craziest thing I've ever seen in American history. And to all my friends who are Trump lovers, will you guys please wake up and smell the coffee? I mean, this is crazy. What's happening? So, in this week's edition, in four minutes or less, something that you need to know, take a look at Facebook and what's going on there. On the other side, the triumphant return of Miss Kathleen Williams. Hopefully, the smartest man in the world, Jerome Spree, will check in with us as well. You listen to the serious side on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Facebook has pledged to do better at moderating content. Social media company usually employs third-party contractors to do the job. The average moderator makes about $28,000 a year. Meanwhile, 
The average Facebook employee salary is around $120,000 a year. And we want to note here that Facebook is a financial supporter of NPR. In a recent article by Casey Newton for The Verge, moderators employed by one of those contractors, Cognizant, talked about the stress of their jobs. Not only low pay, but high-pressure working conditions and the emotional toll of monitoring hour after hour of graphic content and conspiracy theories. Casey Newton, Silicon Valley editor at The Verge, joins us now from New York. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Scott. Well, help us understand how a lot of these employees uh, live during the workday. Well, every piece of content that gets reported on Facebook needs to be evaluated to see if it breaks the rules or not. And if a moderator makes the wrong call more than a handful of times during the week, their job could be at risk. And so the folks that I spoke with said that they're just under tremendous pressure to try to get it right, even though Facebook is changing those guidelines on a near daily basis to account for some nuance. And of course, a lot of that content they're looking at is extremely graphic or disturbing. And so many of the folks that I spoke with are struggling with mental health issues months after they left the job. Because they have to see so much? That's right. Um, You know, there are, are, are people in the world who spend a lot of time just sort of uploading the worst of humanity onto Facebook. So almost everyone I spoke with could vividly describe for me at least one thing they saw that continued to haunt them. And it sounds as if during their their workday, there's not a lot of time to reflect. There's not even really time to go to the bathroom. That's right. One of the things that surprised me most about this story was that the moderator's time is managed down to the second. Every time they want to use the bathroom, they have to click a browser extension to let someone know that they're leaving. They also get nine minutes a day of something called wellness time, which they're supposed to use if they see something really traumatizing and need to stand up and walk away. But many of the folks that I spoke with said that wasn't really adequate to kind of emotionally process uh, what they were seeing. What about the effect of seeing so many, uh, so many conspiracy theories? Well, so this was maybe the thing that surprised me the most from my reporting was the majority of the people that I spoke with said that the longer they looked at the kind of fringe conspiracies uh, that get posted onto Facebook, the more they found themselves sympathetic to those ideas. So I spoke to one man who told me that he no longer believes that 9-11 was a terrorist attack. Uh, I talked to someone else who said they had begun to question the reality of the, of the Holocaust. And in some cases, these folks knew sort of how wrong that sounded, but they just kept telling me these videos are so persuasive and we see them all the time. Let me uh, share with you some words we got from Facebook, knowing we were going to interview you. We work with our partners to ensure they provide competitive compensation, starting at $15 per hour, benefits, and a high level of support for their employees. They went on to say that they will regularly audit their partners, they'll try to make working conditions and salaries uniform, and they're going to hold a summit on on those issues and talk to employees. How do you react to their statement? Well, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that Facebook is taking these issues seriously. I would say if they're looking for suggestions, I'm happy to offer two. One would be to pay these folks more. And I think that would be a great place for Facebook to start when it came to compensating employees who, in many cases, are being asked to evaluate essential questions of speech and security. They're policing the terms of our public debate. That feels like a $60,000 a year job to me. And then the second thing they could do is just not make these employees 
employees have to raise their hand every time they want to go to the bathroom. Just treat these employees the way they treat any Facebook executive and let them manage their own time. Casey Newton at The Verge. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Scott. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. It is the serious side on a beautiful Sunday morning. Hopefully the weather is great in your neighborhood 35 minutes after the hour. And before the break, you heard Mr. Elias announce that the Queen has returned, Mr. Elias. Now, I want to make sure you get this right now. You're telling me that the Queen is back. Is that what I'm hearing from you? Well, she said she was on the line. All I got right. a text well, that said I'm Elias. on the line. Uh-oh. Well, the queen is here. Let's not even wait. Let me let me listen. Let me stroll down. Up oh, there it is. There she is, as promised, as advertised. The queen of the serious side. We're gonna call her the first lady, the one and only Miss Kathleen Williams. What's going on, Kathleen? Hey, how are you? Oh my God, you guys are too much. I'm doing, I'm doing much better. Thank you. It's a slow it's so recovery. It's been a yeah, praise the Lord. It's a slow recovery. Um, I'm trying to take it easy still, but it was just funny that you know I just felt the spirit saying call in, call in, call in. So I was listening and I heard you all talking about me. I was like, God never fails. Never fail. <laughs> <laughs> you all are blessed. He said, call in and, you, and your prayers answered. Your request answered. <laughs> wow. That was too great. Look that it. was too great. Thank you. Wow. Wow, Kathleen. You know, you know what, Kathleen? I know. I'm not going to stay with you long, but I did want to call in today for a couple of reasons. One, because I felt the urging so strong. But another because of the fact that it's Women's History Month, and I know you all are not talking about that right now. But I just want to say to all the sisters that are listening how important it is to make sure you're taking care of yourself. Because as as women, I know men too, but particularly women, we are always looking about after our families, taking care of children and working and trying to do things for the community or church and so forth. And we can work ourselves right into a frenzy and even not feeling well, not doing what we would do for somebody else if we saw them in the same situation. So, um, you know, I had a little scare with, you know, a mask on my neck, and we were trying to figure out whether or not it was lymphoma, um, you know, whether or not it was cancerous, and then some other things were happening and so forth. So I want to give a testimony. Thank Jesus. Thank you, God, that it was not cancerous. It's not malignant. Amen. But, amen. Amen. But there's still, you know, there's still a lot more that I have to do and taking care of myself and getting more sleep. If anybody else is in, the, anybody listening to me, if you're not getting enough sleep, uh, it can really wreak havoc on your body. So, you know, as we are um, looking at women and Women's History Month, uh, we lost a lot of great women early in too early. And so I just wanted to share that this morning because it was real, made real to me. And I'm still working at not working so hard 
but um, I'm doing better at it. And I thank you all so much for holding a space for me to come back to and feel so much love from you. I appreciate it. And no, it's not double jeopardy. He's got, there are different crimes because they're different, you know, there's a different entity. Uh, the federal court can bring something against you, and it's totally separate from the state court. Now, the state court, court could bring it back again if they charged him before and he was uh, acquitted of the same crime. They can't bring that back again, but they, he was never charged and, and um, uh, sentenced or what I indicted in, in New York. So I am really proud of the Southern District. I'm proud of my state that we are, um, you know, not afraid to bring these actions against these guys that have enjoyed white privilege for so many years. It's it's really times up for that. Um, And it's all over the place. You see it now in the school system, in the college system. I remember a gentleman telling me when I was applying for law school because I had a, a, a checkered academic history, he said, you'll never get into law school anywhere. And when he said that to me, I, I looked at him and it just it felt so wrong. And, I was for, you know, of course, I was accepted to law school and did fabulously, thank God. But, um, <laughs> you know, I was sitting next to kids whose fathers went to the school because other people paid for the library and so on and so forth. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, though. This whole thing is rigged. So this isn't new. Um, it's just that they got caught. And if these guys did it, trust me, there was a model for them somewhere. They're not the first ones. They're not the only ones. I want to see if the rest of these things will go down. Wow. Look at that. See, we've missed it's that on the Sundays. We've missed that every Sunday morning. We've missed that. It's funny go ahead, Johnny. What you say? Kathleen, because I was listening, oh, I was listening to a, uh, I was listening to a reporter this morning. This reporter said, you know, he when he went to uh, Yale, he said that, all the other people said, well, you know why you got in. And these same people got in because their fathers were alumni of Yale. So they got in because of a reason, too. So why, why are you pointing the finger at me? Because I got in because of a affirmative action. I don't get exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. I don't get it. I want to add, because this, this is, um, sorry for the noise. This is not just, um, it's not just nepotism in the sense of nepotism, if you will, okay? Because my son's dad went to Carnegie Mellon. But when it was time for Sean to apply to and get into Carnegie Mellon, they did not care whether or not his father went to Carnegie Mellon. They're like, you know, do you understand what I'm saying? So we could be in the same exact situation as them, but it doesn't work for us because of, the, you know, because of what we said earlier, white privilege and money. So if you've got the greens, you're making donations, you know the people, you hang out with them, you play golf with them, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll look out for that application for you. But it doesn't work for other populations. So, And then when you do get something, affirmative action, I'm like, no, we want to kill that too. So the truth is that this is a systemic racist society, and we have to continue to press and hold them accountable. Making um, making sure that they understand that we understand that they are there are a lot of crooked things happening out there. If we even look at just the historically black colleges that have been suffering and going down, Bennett College and so forth, and how they snatch accreditation away from those colleges, but nobody's saying anything about accreditation for these colleges whose employees did criminal acts. Wow, absolutely. Look what we've been missing every Sunday morning. Now, Kathleen, now I know you said you can't stay, but before you go, I know 
this visit wouldn't be complete if you didn't hear from the most smartest man in the world, the one and only Mr. Jerome Esprit is in the house. Jerome, good morning. Our sister is back in the house. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, Kathleen. Good morning, hey, Rome, Jerome. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. What's up, Elias? You know, I've, I've been under the weather, so I know he expects me to come in really enthusiastic, but I've just kind of started talking over the last couple of days, so I'm a little bit under the weather. <laughs> oh, well. All right. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad to hear you're good, doing good, Kathleen. But, of course, they, they don't know that so I already much. knew that, but forget them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, but, you know, it's for radio purposes, Jerome. You're supposed to act oh, like you Oh, my bad, my bad. I mean, good gracious. Well, I yeah, like to let you know for radio purposes. <laughs> we are still all people. <laughs> I hear you, Big Daddy. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad that you're feeling a lot better, and uh, I pray uh, my prayers every night. When I get on my knees, there's people that I pray for. You're one of the people that I pray for, and I hope that you're doing well. So I'm glad that you're feeling better. It's interesting. It's so funny how God works because you're right. I mean, I'm up here monitoring social media, trying to copy and paste messages so I can read them later. And then, you know, Ms. Elias is always Kathleen was here, and I'm like, you know what? I'm praying for her, and I hope she's doing well. And bam, look what happens. I tell you, God is good. So hang out as long good. as you can. All the time. Thank you, guys. All right, sweetie. We love you. Continue to listen. Right, hang out as long as you want. Lines open. Do your thing. Yeah, goodbye. All right. Three. <laughs> okay. Love you, sweetie. Love you. Look at that. Number love right here on the serious side. It is 44 minutes after the hour, 15 until the top of the hour. You're listening to the serious side. It is. Uh, uh, the Sunday morning roundtable where the show's open, conversations there. Kathleen brought it up. Might as well continue the conversation if you don't mind. Unless Johnny, listen, we have 20 minutes. Johnny D. Man, anything on your mind you want to talk about this morning? You know what, Jay? I agree with you. I think I think she has already rolled out some discussion topics that we can certainly continue to, to talk about. But part of it is let let's go back to. You know the the Secretary of Education that Donald Trump appointed. I can't think of the young lady's name. Good point. Her name on on charter school. What's her name? Right, Betty DeVos. DeVos. That's her name. Exactly, exactly. Because I'm I'm one who have had the experience of of having to endure even at the, the 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 charter school level. You know, the public school is certainly piece by piece being dismantled, but the privilege really starts now. As far back in grade school, because you take these exclusive communities and neighborhoods and they put a charter school in there and then they have a lottery. okay? and the lottery is is based on the fact that, you know, hey, you get a chance to 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 get in the school of privilege. But let's talk about uh, part of what what she suggested is that there is a legacy that comes with that. okay? so if if, say if, if you have some endowment or. Or you've invested in the school, or you got some brick on the cement that because you paid ten thousand dollars. Now your kids have a lineage to that school, so you know one gets in, and then because the the brother is in or the sister's in, now you get a chance to get in, and it's just a continuous pattern. So it's starting as early as your primary schools now, and the more that we get away from supporting public schools, the more that this is going to not only separate the classes. As far as economic classes, but the educational system that they're going to have advantage of versus the public schools, it's going to have such a disparity, man, that if you come up 
in poverty in, in the United States, you are going to have a hard time being able to get across those barriers unless you are entertainment, okay? So if you're entertainment, mm-hmm. then you get a chance to bounce a basketball or grab a microphone or, or, or do something in order to get part of that culture. But like I say, I think she brought up a great point. It really does start as far back as primary school and elementary school, and, and that's a great topic to start. And then it simply evolves to the Harvards, the Yales, the, the, the Cal Berkeleys and things of that nature right there. So, hey, we have got to start focusing on that because even within our communities, we can make a change to it. We just have to be educated on, one, that is occurring, and then, two, get out there and champion for the public school system. Interesting you say that. So now, Jerome, let me swing around to you because I thought about you when uh, this thing hit the celebrities. We talk about white privilege and the things that we, you know, champion every week on this show. And, you know, I, I read some of the messages that we get, you know. Uh, you know, people accuse us of being black radio and it's all about this, it's all about that. If we really want America to be free, then get rid of affirmative action because affirmative action gives African Americans or people of skin, you know, of dark skin complexion an advantage. You know, and so trying to talk to these trolls, they really don't get it. And so we try to explain it to them uh, in a simple way every Sunday, but, you know, apparently it's not happening. But when you saw this whole thing that was going down with, uh, uh, you know, these rich celebrities, and not only are these – the celebrities are, are really the – are really the, the I guess the face of this thing because there are a lot of folks who have money money uh, that are in the background that they're going to expose here as this thing continues to be, as this onion continues to be unpeeled. But at the at the end of the day, what does it say about our country, Jerome? When you have people with money pay for degrees, that's what you're doing. You're paying for your education, and then they have people who are using some of these celebrity kids are using this, you know, ball privileged. Uh, to to be able to put that out there, saying, "Oh, I'm from you know you know Harvard University, or from Georgetown University," and then the other question is, how the heck does it, how how can the university say that they don't know anything about this? I mean, is that do you believe that? I guess let's start right there. Do you believe that, Jerome? That the universities had no clue that this was going on? Um, it's possible they already have other mechanisms for letting people into college. That one was probably, okay. uh, like, I think you need to try to describe it as there's a front door and a back door and there's a side door, and he figured out a side door. <laughs> I know what that sounds like, but, yes, there are many yeah, mechanisms for rich people to get into school or people who have connections to get into school. Now, I think the the um, lesson, isn't it? I, don't, I don't like to look at the world that, like that, like there's a lesson to be learned here. Because there isn't. What it is, though, for me, is that, <laughs> no, seriously, here, here's what I think we should come to as a conclusion. I, I don't know if um, this may be a little controversial for some people. I don't know if anybody's listened to Dr. Nellie Fuller at all. But Nellie Fuller no, she is. said, well, Dr. Francis Crest Welsing, um, actually, he kind of, he didn't mentor her per se, but they were colleagues, and she went to him philosophically. And Nellie Fuller, okay. who is sharp as heck, and I think he's still living, he's still doing radio, um, he said, we have to make up our mind about white folks. He said, now, he said, I'm not going to give you a pathology about who white folks are. I'm really not. Right. But black people need to make up their mind 
about where they're putting white people and their uh, pathology. Because like okay. you said when you, when you first started was that you deal with a lot of trolls. You got white folks who follow this show just to critique us from stepping out of bounds. Just in case we say something about right. white people, right? Do y'all listen That's to true. shows that white folks do just in case they say something about black people? No, right? That's what privilege is. So you have yes. hate crimes happening, not because other white folks are doing something, but when a white person says, hey, I think there was a black person that um, stole some bubble gum, and then we go, all black people steal. That is a, that right. is, that's a pathology, right? Yep. We look at this guy shoot up somebody, you know, a mosque in New Zealand, and then Trump says something like, oh, that was terrible, that happened. But I don't, I, it's a very, very small amount of people who are white supremacists. Because he's a white supremacist. Yep. Right? And we <laughs> want to yeah. say that out loud. Because people are scared to. We need to deal with our own perception of that. And anybody who does not, and I mean this, anybody who does not see that for what it's worth, it is not a friend of yours. Right? So black people who are scared, shut it up and don't say nothing to me. Right? And even if you, know, you Jerome, do want to say something to me, you need to understand something. Somebody needs to tell the truth. So when we start talking about yeah. um, affirmative action uh-huh. in schools right. and things like that, or, or even the court system, because, again, we, we're looking at cases where Manafort, what, stashes $60 million from the IRS, and then yep. they give him four years. If yeah. you held two thousand dollars from the IRS um, in about New York in New York State, probably you're going to get minimally probably fifteen twenty. He had sixty mil, right? And and we're talking about all of these topics that has to do with the same exact pathology, and the pathology goes like this: if that white person gets caught, he won't get, or, or a policeman shooting a white a black person. They won't, they can shoot white people and it still won't happen. They won't go to jail for any particular amount of time. Time. The jury won't convict them. The judge is going to be empathetic. The person pressing charges won't really care. You know, you had this kid rape some woman unconscious and he got a $400 fine and he's gone. You know, they want to ruin his life. Like, we need to start talking about this in a very different way. And everybody needs to stop being damn squeamish about why we are doing this. And also, uh, why we're not talking about it. And really quickly, I do want to say to your earlier topic, when you talked about the double jeopardy in in New York State, so that you understand what double jeopardy is, you can't charge somebody with this same crime. But you need to understand that there are different crimes for federal, so they don't charge him with state crime. Um, There are state crimes that are not on the federal books. So... This, for example, if you commit mortgage fraud, fraud, for example, it may be just a fraud okay. charge for not paying your uh, a tax case in the federal side. A mortgage fraud case okay. may be a, a different case against um, illegal property, um, um, like like stolen property. It, it'll be a totally different charge. So it looks like okay. it's the same, but a different charge. So even in New York State. Right watching what's going on where Manafort is getting charged by the Manhattan prosecutors, not even the state ones yet, 
which is still state charges. Okay. Then he's going to get charged right. by the New York State Attorney General, which is totally separate. So there's, like, okay. different jurisdictions in New York State that can bring city charges and state charges against you, not just federal. So there's different, okay. you know, different stair steps that somebody's going to get charged for. So don't look at Deborah Jeopardy. Look at Double Jeopardy like the O.J. case where you can't charge somebody with murder. But, hey, they got him on a state charge for something totally unrelated, but we watch TV with Marsha Clark's crazy ass looking like he did something that he was not convicted of. And we still believe that nonsense because they're clever about that. Whereas Trump is obviously his his campaign obviously colluded with Russians, and we can't even say that because they're like, well, we need to wait and see if all the evidence comes in. So you see how this works with us, is that Nancy Pelosi won't even speak about impeachment. We know that that dude should have been impeached ever since he paid that hooker off. We know that. Yeah, but don't you look at that, but wait a minute, don't you look at that as a situation where she's saying, look, I know I don't have the votes. And so the one thing that will get this guy's base riled up is if it looks like, because that's what he's trying to push, maybe, once again, like Alonzo said, it's chestnut checkers. Maybe it's a situation where she's saying, look, I know what he's trying to do. In order for him to be successful, he needs a villain. We're not going to be the villain because we know we don't have the votes. So why even put it out there unless we get the information we need and it's rock solid? Why even put it out there in the atmosphere? Because all it's going to do is help him. Right, this is not the land of white privilege. So what happens to us, Thank you. what happens to us is Nancy Pelosi is doing the same thing that Mitch McConnell does in the opposite way, right? Mitch McConnell and those guys are blatantly disrespecting the law because there ain't jack you can do about it. They're saying you can't do jack about this. Nancy Pelosi is saying, huh. oh, we shouldn't do that because we don't want to upset people who like Mitch McConnell. Which means they're protecting the same people. Right? Yeah, see, I don't look at it that way. I, 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 I don't care I don't how look you look at it. I just look at it. Think well, I, I'm just saying that I don't. I don't. No, no, no. I okay. understand what uh, you're saying, but think about it from me as a strategist position. If I'm running a campaign, okay. I know what they're doing politically. What they're doing okay. politically is that they say we have an election coming up, so we don't up, want to upset rural white people. Now, that's just as racist on the Democratic side as it is on the Republican side. This is why they have a potential of losing. So where, what happens in this country is that we always defer back to the white position, right? Everybody likes Beto O'Rourke because he can reach out to rural white Trump voters. And instead of taking the model of Stacey Abrams, Stacey Abrams didn't reach out to them. Stacey Abrams said, if we get more Democrats out here, we can knock this out. Gilliam said, if we get more people out here, there's more Democrats, we can knock them out. That works, too. But instead, all of our conservative, not liberal white folks are like, you know, Bernie Sanders of the world and Elizabeth Warren. Oh, y'all don't need reparations. We don't want to upset rural white folks. We need them to win. And the truth is, you do not need them to win. That is their strategy and them being conservative. And it is protecting the same institution that is locking all of us out. And we have to demand something different. And what I mean by that, too, is that 
we need to toe the line and say, look, you know, as much as I loathe people making fun of Alexander or, or um, Ocasio-Cortez, that it, it is interesting for me to watch people dump on her for words that she used. And if you watch her, she is sharper than 90% of people who are there. She's sharp. But because white folks feel squeamish about her, they make black people feel com- uncomfortable about her. So you watch the Chris Matthews and Ari Fleischmans or whomever those guys are of the world on MSNBC act like she's an outlier. They're all scared. This tells us something about the place that we live. Right? So you can't oh, no. see this. In a, I'm, I'm just saying no, that. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Finish it off. Yeah, I'm just saying that Not you have to see their um, incoherent an unreasonable perspective in a political sense, too. Because it ain't coming from just because they're good people and they want everybody to succeed. They still want to maintain power. They still want to maintain their perspective and their elite institutions, what they believe they are. And so although Donald Trump and those guys are rude and they have neo-Nazi Klan people out there calling you the N-word, they still want you to comfort them, even though they're like, well, we don't believe in what they're saying, but if you just be patient, all in the world is going to change. That sounds like a colonizer to me. We need yeah, to be kind. Absolutely. Yeah, and the bad absolutely. thing about this, right. woman is Alexandria Cortez, they said you're supposed to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's exactly what she did. Exactly. She pulled herself up by the boot, her bootstraps, and they still, they still demean her. Yep. Yeah, well, that's how it is, man. All right, listen, third set coming up. You're listening to the Serious Side of the J. Ryle Show. We'll be right back after this. It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network.
347-850-1272 is our call number. Welcome back in. You're tuned to the serious side of the J. Rao Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. It's the Sunday morning roundtable where we take topics from our great panelists here and discuss them in full detail. But it's time to say hello to the folks. What's going on? To First of all, let me say, once again, it was so great to hear Kathleen Williams' voice. Let me just say, good morning, Kathleen. I know you checked out, but God, we love you, sis, and we're glad that you're okay. So I also say good morning to the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Mr. Johnny D. My little brother, what's going on, man? Good morning. Right, good morning. Everything is well. Everything is well. To the smartest man in the world, the one and only Mr. Jerome is free. What's going on, Jerome? Good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning. Good morning. And good morning to the man who really runs everything around here. We call him Bubba, Mr. Elias. What's going on, Mr. Elias? Good morning, sir. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some people in the chat room, if you don't mind, sir? Yes, we have uh, the very lovely uh, Momo B in there with us. Um, hey, Mo, also, Mo. Bubba Black was in there. And that's it, it so Black. far, Jay. Nobody else. Okay. You know, Kathleen, I mean, not Kathleen, but you know our main man, Kavita uh, Man, is going to probably catch the, frog, the podcast if he can't listen live. What's going on, man? What's up to Easy Rider? Calling him after the show today. Uh, need to talk to Easy. Also, let me say good morning to some folks. Uh, let's see here. Paulie from Chicago in the house. Francisco? Did I said that correctly. Portland, Te- I mean, Portland, Texas, what I'm talking about. Bernadette, Macon, Georgia. The pastor's in the house. Marianne, music is in the house as well. John is in the house. What's up, Wanda? What's going on, Felicia? Just so many people tuning in. Thank you so much for making the serious side a part of your morning uh, as far as what you do before you go to church, if you're eating breakfast, if you're sitting out on your patio drinking coffee, whatever it is. Glad you guys are tuned in. Or if you're at your office, you may be listening during the work week. That's okay. As long as you get that knowledge, tune on in to get it. All right. Let's also bring in our director of, so- of, this, of our social media outreach, the one and only Miss Jack A. Jack A. Hey. ho, oh, Jack A. What's going on, Jack A? Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How's everybody doing? Everybody is doing well, fantabulous. Right. How are you doing? Okay. So tell well, people. If you want. Okay. Oh, hold on. Let me give it to your girlfriend. Hold on, baby. Let me. I'll hand the baton to you. Give, give me a second. So, for those who want to listen to the show when we're not live, how can they stay in contact with the serious side of the TGRS radio network, Miss Fay? Well, if you need to keep up with us, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and all three pages have the same ending handle, facebook.com slash groups, twitter.com, instagram.com slash TJRS radio. Keep up with us. All right, Jackie. Jackie, you know what? I know you said something about an announcement. You know, let me know when you're gonna come on the show and do that. Now, I was, you know, I follow you on Instagram. I don't think well, I don't. Well, I, I'm, I'm just gonna leave you with what I said via uh, social media yesterday. What I posted: Thoughts for Vision has officially closed one chapter and has embarked upon another. 
what that chapter is, you're just going to have to find out next week with a special live on Facebook. So keep out keep, Look at you. Uh, on the lookout for it. I'm really excited about it. Um, so just uh, it'll be a special live on Facebook coming up later in the week, and I will inform you all about it. Look at you. Look at you with the T's. All right. Go ahead on, Miss Professional. We'll be all tuned in for that. And of course, you can also follow the J. Ross Show on Instagram as well. A page from the old show, which, man, I tell you, I'm starting to get the fever again. So we'll see what happens with that. 347-850-1272 is our calling number. You're listening to the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. And, of course, it is the Sunday Morning Roundtable where we talk about things that, uh, well, listen, our panelists bring topics to the table. Now, Jerome, man, you can have this third set if you want it. It's all yours. What's on your mind, sir? Not much. Just chilling. Hey, um, matter of fact, I feel like I took too much. Of Johnny. I feel like I took too much of Johnny B's time. So um, I'm open for any topic. Um, I don't know. I don't think I have anything in particular that I'm thinking about. So everybody can anybody can jump in on this one. All right. Well, well, Johnny D, look, I'll give it back to you because I know there's something I definitely, you know, I wouldn't mind having a conversation about. But I'll throw it right back at you, sir. Like Mr. Jerome said, uh, listen, man, he was bumping his gums during your segment, brother. What do you have? What do you want to talk about? Watch the mouth, Jay. Watch the mouth. But, 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 but you know what's interesting <laughs> is this right here. I, I, he, you, you know, one thing about about Jerome, um, and, and if I can be who I am, which is honest, um, many, many, many months ago, I was like, okay, who who is this young brother right here with with, with this fire? <laughs> But you know, every month, every week that I listen to him, you know, and, I, and I'm not gonna say it. And, and Jerome, don't, don't take offense. I don't always agree, but the thing is, I respect, I respect the intellect behind it. So when when you when you went with that segment, you know, you was actually educating the people and speaking with passion. So you know, I don't necessarily need need this segment, but like I say, um, the, the quality in which you speak and and the passion in which you speak, I, I just appreciate it, man. So really, uh, Jay, I, I guess if, if, if we want to talk about anything, we can, you know, expound on, you know, we, we can talk about, you know, white supremacists, the attacks up through, throughout really the United States, but then also this anti-immigration sentiment that seems to be a, a, a tremendous political call at many countries. You know, you can look at, France, you can look at Ukraine, you can look at, you know, uh, Venezuela, you can look at Spain. Whenever someone attacks immigrants, it seems to be such a political pull. And clearly, this guy in the White House has done that massively. So we could talk about world hate, but most importantly, we could just simply talk about things that matter, which means when you have an opportunity to have a voice, and that's what you have given me, and I am so grateful and thankful. We've got a obligation and a right to educate those individuals who tune in and listen. we got also a right to give them an opportunity to speak and, and channel their concerns or disagreements or applause, whatever it may be. But the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, all of those things that are embodied within our Constitution – those are the things that should matter, but then oftentimes those are the things that's extracted from us 
if you allow them to be extracted from you. So when you listen to what Jerome just said, you've got to be out there fighting a champion for your cause. Whether or not Johnny D agree with it or not, there is a passion in which people can do it, as long as it doesn't oppress other people. And that's what we're seeing here in America. You know, I'm okay with being pro-black. Uh, that's who I've been for, for, for 50 some years of my life. You know, I am proud to be a black man who lives in America, but I also understand that there are some struggles with that. So each of my, my, my young sons, I have prepared them for those battles. But at the same time, my desire to be pro-black does not necessarily put me in a victim's chair, but then also what it doesn't do, it doesn't allow me to think that I'm any more privileged or any worse off than anybody else. So the victim's chair is, is, is what a topic that I had wrote down. And, and this, is, this is what I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to see, um, and, and there's some terrible parallels. Okay, be mindful of this right here. We're coming out of an era where predominantly the white male was, was the dominant uh, gender and, and, and race within the United States. I don't want mm-hmm. us to be misled to think that this here, by simply setting back and, and allowing the face to change, that's going to be our oppressor to be gradually rolled down the red carpet without challenge. Now, if you look back at the, at, at the 2018 elections, one of the things that, that we talked about, and, and, and Les was really hitting it that night that we had the live broadcast on that Tuesday, is, you know, women did well. Now, let's not step back and say that, that I'm anti. Women did well, but particularly... Caucasian women did well So when I look at some of these presidential Candidates that's coming up And then I hear people be pointed with the fact That would you elect a a woman To be on your ticket They're not talking about an African American woman So let's not be mistaken by that So you know again Let's not allow the individuals Who who indicate that they're In the victim's chair You know you've got uh, all different types of um, You know um, LBGQ The community and they compare themselves in the Civil Rights Act. Um, I, I heard a young lady on, on, the, on the news yesterday saying that, you know, um, her, her mother didn't get a chance to vote and, and, and she was of the, the, the Caucasian descent. I mean, that's in no way comparison to the struggles and the plight of 400 years of oppression of African Americans. So, you know, those are, the, those are some of the things that, you know, I probably said 50 different topics in, in that moment. But, you know, just the fact to be able to say that, and speak passionate about it and, and have the understanding that we've got to stand up for the things that matter to us, but we've got to be educated and informed. And I think this venue allows that with the different perspectives that come about. You know, it was amazing to hear uh, Miss Kathleen and, and her educated uh, form of, of articulation, you know, because She's always spoken with facts, but she's got a degree of education that I personally don't have and a, a different understanding of a system that I don't have. And it's just the beauty of, of the freedom of speech, the freedom of choice, the freedom to have debate as long as your debate does not live, I mean, not lead to any type of um, violence or anything like that. So all that all that we have talked about, all that we say on a weekly, weekly basis um, just to me is the beauty of what America is really about, you know, not allowing individuals to set back and, and have that free reign of free autonomy to 
or oppress you simply because you change the face of the of the oppressor. Still, oppression is oppression, depending upon however you put it. And those are the things that that bother me, but those are the things that matter to me. So having an opportunity to speak out. So once again, all of that being said, and I will end and get off of my soapbox, it really is about the First Amendment, the opportunity to just be free and express your liberties as long as they are not being placed in a position to where they are volatile and oppressive to other individuals. So, again, that's my that, that's my spiel and that's my speech, and I just thank God for the opportunity. Yeah, man, you know, the thing is that when you... When when you say that, I'm oh, sorry, Jerome. Let me let me say this real quick, and I throw it to you. You know, you, when when you say that, it's it, you hear the passion, and I think that's what people appreciate. I'm I'm starting to get some comments in just based on what you just said, Johnny D. Go ahead, Jerome. The floor is yours. No, no, I I wanted to say uh, um, thanks to um, Johnny D for that. One of the things that you know I always think about when, um, <clears throat> and this is whether I'm doing a a, a forum or or whether it's radio and I'm having conversation, I can have uh, um, a conversation at a restaurant, and I always have the same perspective, and that is whether you are listening to me directly or indirectly, right? It could be the the person I'm speaking to or the person who's around our conversation. I think God puts you in a position um, to be wherever it is at the time that you're there. And it is important for us to give good enough information and facts to give people a perspective um, to make good decisions. So I don't make judgment of what people should and should not know. I just know that if whatever space that I'm in, I believe that it's more important for us to know more than anything else. Because even having the freedom of speech sometimes um, goes awry where people have the freedom of space and they sit there and lie to you. Donald Trump lies constantly. Kelly and Conway lies. Um, whatever Sarah Sanders, lie, they lie. And so then when I watch the regular news, those guys are repeating somebody else's lies, knowing that they're lying. So that gets really confusing to you. You know, as an audience member, you're listening to this stuff and you're like. Yeah, he said that it was a lie. We know that he met with Putin, but then he was like, you know, the the Charlotte people are some fine people on both sides. So we shouldn't look at both of them like that. And it's like, what when you leave? So I'm usually I usually try to be very clear to to um cut out myths in my conversation. So it's why I don't disagree with with Jay. I don't, you know, we don't actually have a combative relationship but if as a moderator when jay and i know i'm talking like you're not here jay but in, in, in as a moderator you I'm want not, to give i'm not okay you, we, as a moderator you know you you have to give both sides because of the audience right you may have somebody who may be thinking a question so jay will ask it the reason i cut jay off so much from doing that is because you shouldn't have to consider negative when somebody's telling you the truth Right, so if I just won the Super Bowl, you can't ask me a question like, "Well, what if you lost?" That's irrelevant. It's ask. It's like asking, "Why did you win?" It's irrelevant, right? So I try to cut that out as much as possible because in our daily lives we get so much of that stuff that makes it confusing to the audience. 
And I think sometimes truth is is um, truth is not all that it's cracked up to be. But what it what is important is that your understanding of what truth is is more important. You need to know the context of why truth is important, right? So if I tell you something that you know is is going to not make your day, then technically you just need to handle it and give it a perspective. That's why what I said earlier, I'm saying we have to make a decision about why all of these forces against us, whether it's economic, whether it's education, whether it is just even a general transparency or, or things that are specifically oppressive, like black people getting shot by police. As we look at all of these things, we have to look at them in a total picture. And you can't let your white friend come to you and be like, well, I'm not racist, so let's go get a burger. That's irrelevant. If we're hungry, we're going to get a burger. It is stupid to be racist. But the problem is, is that you have to see it in its total context. Because if you don't, your children are going to suffer, and you're going to suffer at some point. We need to be cognizant in real time. Three four seven eight five zero one one two seven two. You know the thing is, I appreciate what what both you cats said. You know, you know, I look at this, Mr. Elias, and you know, I think about the original concept of the show. You know, it's just some brothers getting together to have some brunch and talk about things that uh, that are on most people's minds. And I think that. The approach, I think, has been well served uh, based on some of the conversations that, that we have. You know, look, people are going to troll you. It really doesn't matter. That's fine. I, I don't, that, don't bother, that doesn't bother me because I can control whether or not their content get on the air. You know, I mean, you know, you, you got the, you know, I, I laugh at you when people call in because, you know, you got this dialogue going on with them in the background. They think they're on the air talking and you just laughing and grinning. And then you cuss them out and then you come back with a smile on your face. And, you know, you, you love to Makes me happy. Yeah, whatever. You're not on the air, you idiot, you know. And I must admit, every now and then I've engaged in that too. So, uh, you know, you you worn off on me in, in that regard. But, you know. When we talk about white privilege, when we think about things, and in a few more minutes we have left, I was thinking about this whole rollout with Beto. And now all of a sudden he is the darling of the day. And, and it's, it's, it's the reverse Trump to me. Because now all the cameras are running to Beto and want to hear what Beto has to say. And, you know, it kind of goes back to this, or oh, here we go with this young white guy. Now I will say Beto has said, look, you know, he was the one that really stood up for NFL. What really put him on the map Think about this for a second. What really put him on the map, Mr. Elias, is when someone asked him about NFL players kneeling. And he went on and he said, hey, look, you dang on white, they should be leaning, be kneeling. If you, your people are being killed, you know, unlawfully by police officers and all that other stuff, and he really, people clapped him. And people were like, oh, my God, here's a white guy who is saying that uh, NFL players have, they should have the right to kneel when, you know, their their brothers and sisters are being shot and killed by law enforcement for really no reason, just the fact that they're black. And because if you want to protest, they have every right in the world to protest. So, look, I, I like the guy, but what I'm not liking, and it, and it kind of goes back to this whole thing with AOC, show me something. Don't throw cameras in people's faces because they are the flavor of the day. And, and I'm, I have a funny feeling this is what's going to happen with Beto. I mean, when he made his announcement, every freaking cable channel, cable TV uh, channel was on him with the exception of Fox News. But everybody else was tuned in. And then when he stopped at another place, everybody tuned in. Now, that's just, that sounds like what they did when Donald Trump 
did his thing. Now, they were tuning in because they were, you know, they want every, everybody likes to see a train wreck, right, a car crash. So, so they were tuning in just to hear who he was going to insult next. But you see what happened at the end of the day. We got Donald Trump. So what do you think about Beto, Mr. Elias? I mean, do you, do you like what he's saying? Is he stealing the air from, from other candidates? Because now Beto, 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 I mean, oh, my God, here we go. He's been, he's, he announced two days ago, and I've seen more of him than I've seen uh, Senator Harris. What say you? Um, I don't, you know something, Jay? I, I, I reserve to um, give any comment on him as of yet because I've never really looked into Beto O'Rourke as far as the candidate goes. Um, I've looked into Elizabeth Warren. I've looked into Camilla Harris, but I've never looked into his past. So, um. I, I'm going to, you know, hold back until I look into him. You know, the bottom line is I, I guess they're, they're raking him over the coals now because he said he was born to do this. Okay? Some people yeah. are born to do different. I mean, and, and, and why are you wrecking this man over the coals for telling this is this is his purpose in life? This is what he feels like he's, he, he's, he's born to do, you know? So I don't, I don't get what people are getting so upset. We are too sensitive when, when people say stuff. I mean, he said, I was born I was born to be a politician. Okay, that's what you were born to do. We were born to do radio because we've been doing radio since we've been in high school. So that's what we were born to do. So would somebody be mad if I said radio is what I was born to do? Look, I have not looked into this man's, this man's past deep enough to, to give a, con, a, 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 a correct answer. But once I do, if I don't like him, I'll definitely let you know. Yeah, definitely let us know. Been an interesting show this morning. Uh, once again, three four seven eight five zero one two seven. You have about three minutes to jump in if you want to get in. Uh, listen, I, the bottom line is is that uh, anyone that comes from the Democratic side, the thing that I'm concerned about are they going to tear each other apart to try to get here? You know, I think any, uh, Amy Klobuchar has already kind of th- thrown some uh, some shade on uh, Beto. Uh, about some things that you know that whole comment, Miss Elias, born to run. You're right. She's I think she's the one that said, hey, you know, I wasn't born to run, but uh, hey, but I'm running, you know, that whole thing. So we'll see how it shakes out. I just hope it doesn't get nasty uh, and don't beat each other up before they get to the general election because a lot of people on, on the Hillary side, on the Hillary campaign, they, they're still mad at the, the Sanders people because they felt that, you know, he beat her up and made her really, uh, you know, Stay in that primary fight longer than she should have been. You, you know, once again, to me, that's maybe you know looking at the situation where oh, we didn't win because of this. You didn't win because of that. You didn't win because you didn't visit a couple of states. Then again, you didn't win also well, because of this outdated freaking huh? That's the same thing she did to so Barack Obama, wasn't it? That's yeah, the same she thing kinda, she, yeah, she, she made it go a lot longer than it should. That's for sure. She did, but she yeah. did come to yes. You're right. She did. She did. You know, people, when you're running and you do this stuff and all of a sudden you say, my God, there's no path to win. You want to just kind of hold on to every little, you know, every little hope. Is there a possibility I can pull this thing out? And uh, so I guess on one hand, I guess you can't blame them, but don't get mad at another party who did it to you, right? Anyway. All right, folks, Jay, that concludes. Jay, Jay. The, go ahead, go ahead, Johnny. Go ahead real quick. Jay, yes, sir. Uh, yeah, real quickly, what I wanted to say is this right here. I think what we've got to understand is that the reason why you have AOC and, and Beto, because they are so unconventional. And when, when you think about the, the millennials, that social media, that's where your largest impact comes. They, they, they present an anti, uh, anti-system 
uh, agenda. And I think that's where the attractiveness comes because people really are sick and tired of the, the day-to-day politics. Even Donald Trump won on, on an anti, anti-Washington, uh, drain-the-swamp uh, mentality. So I think that's what you're seeing. That's where the fascination is coming, and that's where that energy is coming. Now, the substance comes in, like you say, prove yourself worthy of this applaud, and that's what they're going to have to do as time moves forward. But, you know, don't don't we can, we can never downplay the social media. Uh, that right there is powerful. He has been instrumental in doing things different. You know, driving his own vehicle. See, people like that. You know, that's entertaining. That that that's attractive. You know, and you got you got more young people than you than, than you got those who are, you know, considered the, the Gen Ys as well as the the baby boomers. As those individuals go out of the workplace, who's replacing them? You know. Look at your place of employment. I would imagine that some of the younger ones are the ones who draw in some energy, but they don't always have the great logic. So we have to continuously serve as mentors for them. Don't let them get too far out there. But I will say that that social media, that anti-establishment uh, approach is what's helping them. And I, I do want to add this, though, um, to that. It, I, I, I understand and I agree with that to, to a certain degree, but what I what I was going back to when it comes to somebody like O'Rourke and Christina Gillibrand and that whole white privilege of of um, of the Democratic Party, what I am saying is that during the whole midterms, and we knew the black turnout, the minority turnout, was knocking all of these people over the edge. We go into a next political season, and it'll have nothing to do with any kind of agenda towards black folks. You don't see, you see really white candidates with no minorities around them until it comes to them wanting to go to South Carolina. Then they're going to be like, we need to get some black folks out for O'Rourke. And then they keep saying stuff like, he's like a young Barack Obama. He don't move black people like that. You can say what you want to about millennials and people being young and so he can speak Spanish, but that is not a black agenda, and we cannot be that damn stupid no more. You know, for us to be like, well, he seemed kind of cool, and he did say something else I like, so I can substitute. He said something about taking a knee. Now, how low-hanging of fruit do you need to have to have somebody reasonably say, just because you take a knee, you shouldn't be losing your job. You shouldn't get shot. You should. Like, how stupid is that? How low is that? We We sit here... And sometimes we'll give them benefits of the drought for siding with us on something that is obvious to our humanity. That is what's frustrating. You don't get no points for that. So when he starts to go <clears throat> national on his opinion, and remember, he's a congressman. It ain't like he won a state. Oh, St- Stacey Abrams beat a Democrat in Georgia. Now, Southern Democrats are pretty doggone conservative. She took that woman to the cleaners in all white areas of Georgia. But do you see them, any of these guys, modeling a campaign after Stacey Abrams? No. You know why? Because they want black people to fall back into the fold and put white folks and elevate them even back in the Democratic Party and then tell you, okay, when we get there, at least it won't be Trump. That's not going to work no more is all I'm saying. So we don't have to start taking on other people's politics and then go back and then Oppress our own needs Just to make sure That Democrats are back in power And I don't see any Democrat 
addressing this at all. Not not Cory Booker. Yeah. He's not going to do it from this end. We don't really like him up in the Northeast like that. And it's really weird to watch another political season doing the primaries. I mean, sorry, doing the off-year elections. Minorities come out and they make the difference. We're going back into a presidential, and it is whiter than it can ever be. That's right. the problem. We got to get out of here. All right, all right. Coming up next, uh, NPR News Update Chatterbox, and on the need to know basis, you're listening to this serious side. NPR podcasts are now available on every major platform. Check out all our shows at npr.org slash podcasts. That's npr.org slash podcasts. British Prime Minister Theresa May is warning of a long delay if lawmakers don't approve of her Brexit deal with the European Union. As lawmakers prepare to vote on her deal for a third time, she wrote an article published in Britain's Sunday Telegraph newspaper warning that a delay could open the possibility that Brexit could be thwarted. May is expected to try to win approval for her Brexit deal again this week after lawmakers voted to delay leaving the European Union. Britain is due to leave on March 29th with or without an agreement in place. Treatment guidelines that heart doctors use are rarely based on the highest quality science. NPR's Richard Harris reports on a new study in the journal JAMA. Medicine is still evolving from an art to a science. And while there have been countless studies trying to sort out the best treatments for heart disease, it turns out the vast majority of American Heart Association guidelines are not based on the highest quality studies. Researchers at Duke University found that less than 10% of the guidelines are based on a gold standard, randomized controlled trials, which randomly assign volunteers to different groups to compare potential treatments. Researchers say the situation is actually a bit worse than it was 10 years ago. Richard Harris, NPR News. Police in New York say a man is in custody in the fatal shooting of the reputed Gambino crime family boss. Authorities say 24-year-old Anthony Comella was arrested this weekend in the shooting on Wednesday of Francesco Cali in front of his home on Staten Island. The motive is unclear, but police are reportedly trying to figure out if Cali's killing was a mob hit or more of a personal dispute. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News from Washington. All right, folks, it is time for Chatterbox, where we read comments from our world-famous chat room and from social media. Mr. Elias, man, you have anything to add to the conversation this morning from the peeps in the chat room? Bubba Bright said, if you want to beat Trump in 2020, then you simply must stop talking about him, stop giving him free publicity. That's the only thing I got in there. That's a good point. All right, I have a few here. Uh, let me read something here. Uh, Francisco from Perlin, Texas. White people have been stealing from true Americans since the beginning of time. This is the reason why I don't celebrate Columbus Day or Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, Bernadette Macon, Georgia. Jay, like you always say, if you don't like it, change the channel. I do say that. White people are always trolling around in our world to criticize what we do but not their own. I guess she meant to say their own. Okay. White people stay in your lane. You heard what she said, white folks stay in your lane. Marietta Music. I must say Johnny D's commentary during the last set made me set up straight. Great job, Johnny D. Good morning to my favorite Sunday morning crew and hey, Jerome. When you said the crew, uh, I mean, uh, Marietta, you said Jerome. Why you have to always point him out? Okay. Anyway, sorry, I'm being a hater. All right. Uh, let's see here. Paulie from Chicago. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I can't help myself. All right, Paulie from Chicago. The models of Stacey Abrams and Andrew Gilliam apparently was not successful because they didn't win. 
Thank you, Pauly. Pastor, Pastor Stephen Jones. Richmond said, I say this every Sunday, but it's worth repeating again. You guys have to get this show on a national level. Get with LeBron James, Tyler Perry, somebody with the financial means to sponsor this show. How about you, Pastor? I know you're making some money on Sunday. All right, you guys have more to add to the national dialogue than a Ricky Smiley, Tom Joyner, Steve Harvey, and the rest of the so-called black radio hosts. I do thank God that you guys have a platform, but I wish it was bigger. It was good to hear Kathleen's voice, and God bless you all. Well, God bless you, Pastor. We'd love to hear that from you. All right, without any further ado, you know what time it is. Five, four, three. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to to the flag of the United States of America. All right, it's time for my favorite part of the show. It's time for all the need-to-know bases with Mr. Jerome, the man Jerome, what do you have for us this morning? Well, I'm with you. something, I promise you. He's here. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm just talking away. My bad. So I just wanted to let the person know that, you know, when you start reading Chatterbox, I do get to respond. I just want to tell you that. Like, don't think that you're okay here. I always find Chatterbox pretty interesting when somebody was like, uh, Jerome said this, and now he's wrong. I know Stacey Abrams and Gilliam won. What you weren't listening to, person who was not paying attention, is that they transformed the Democratic Party statewide because it's impossible for them to win statewide. Um, If you want to look at Gilliam, he was polling third, and he won the Democratic nomination. Stacey Abrams didn't have a chance to even win the nomination in Georgia, and she won in conservative areas. We know she won, lost the, the statewide, but so did O'Rourke. My point was, you can't take a model of O'Rourke and not look at those two and see what remarkable jobs that they did under different circumstances, and it made it like four times more successful than O'Rourke was. Both of those guys were, just because they were in Florida and in Georgia. So if you're going to write into the show thinking that you're stomping me, please pay attention to the context on what I'm saying. Don't even look at the words think that you stomped somebody by saying that they lost. They won in the bigger picture. Just want to put that out there. All right, and um, send your letters and comments to Jay, because I really don't care. <laughs> Just want to add that. And hey, Marietta, don't let Jay discourage you. Hater. All right. That wasn't me. That was L.E.S. who said that last time. I just had to put mine in there, too, L.E.S., while we was at it. We try to be equal opportunity sometimes, so that's all it is. <laughs> you know. All right. So, um, you know, uh, after 24 years of reigning atop the Forbes 400 list, you know, Bill Gates trails Jeff Bezos, uh, Bezos by $63 billion. So, you know, oh, that's Amazon, all. yeah, he'll make what'd you say? <laughs> what'd that's you say? all he'll make it back up. If that's all yeah, he'll make you know it back what? up in no time. I got yeah. that, don't worry about it. <laughs> hey, I hear there's an opening for getting little white kids in college, but that's just my thing. I'm like, you flip that? I, I, hey, 
I'm just saying. I only look for business opportunities in that. All right. I, I, want, I don't mean to tell Bill Gates how to do his business. I'm sure he's doing a little something else. All right. So, the, um, you know, the CIA is linked to two North Korea embassy break-ins. Like, two members of a gang that entered a building in Madrid um, tied up staff and stole computers. They're connected to the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency. So wow. the two people identified mm. in connection to that break, um, they said that th- this is what Spanish media is saying. Now, I, again, we have not covered this in this in this country. It is interesting to watch this, to read this story. But the mysterious incident took place on February 22nd, just five days after the start of a nuclear summit with um, North Korea and the United States. And um, one of the former ambassadors to Spain for North Korea um, was one of the, the members who attended, right? So 10 suspects allegedly broke into the embassy with fake handguns drawn, tied up diplomatic staff, and stole computers, is what the, the Spanish paper said. And so at least two of the 10 assailants have been identified to have ties with the CIA, and they cited <laughs> police, the Spain Intelligence Agency, and the National Intelligence Center from Spain. There we go, U.S. Mm. Now, your hands are clean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, sure. we, know, we know how this goes, you know. And I can't remember, there was another story about that, that, you know, as we watch all the stuff that goes in Venezuela, that it is the U.S. Who, one of the hospitals was losing power, and they're like, look what's going on in Venezuela. And they're saying, it's the U.S. that cut their power. You realize we hacked into their yeah. system. So, again, we're causing chaos all over the place while we have chaos in this piece. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she grilled Wells Fargo's CEO, Tim Sloan, about the bank's involvement in um, caging children at the U.S. and Mexico border and the Dakota Access Pipeline. Um, now, so during her hearing um, regarding bank practices, you would think Ocasio-Cortez and, um, um, what is her name, um, Ayanna Presley in Connecticut, and there's like two other freshmen, they are running like the tables on what's going on in Congress. And so if you think that they're getting too much publicity, their publicity ain't fake. Because when um, I, I, did you see any of that, um, Elias? No. I didn't get a chance to, Jerome. No, I sure did. Oh my gosh, I I I'm have. sure these are going to all be on online. But um, Alexander Cortez grilled him. And um, she... Um, Wells Fargo CEO sat before the House Financial Services Committee, and Ocasio-Cortez told him, I'm interested in your human rights abuses and, and environmental disasters that some say are financed by your bank. So Wells, uh, Wells Fargo, and she went on to cite the opinion piece published by The Guardian of April 2017, which accused Wells Fargo of pursuing profits without principles by investing in for-profit immigration detention centers, private prisons, and loan shark payday practices schemes. So she asked them, is it true that Wells Fargo invested or financed some of these three industries? 
so he responded by saying, Wells Fargo has terminated um, relationships with two of the private companies. <laughs> 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 he was uh, denied. He just said, well, we ain't working with them no more. We ain't working with them, with them no more. <laughs> no, we ain't yep. with y'all no more. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. Y'all nah, nah, nah. Part. Yeah, and he was like, um, and plus the, the other two, uh, he said both which have been involved with immigration detentions. Two of them, he's deaf. They're definitely not with him, and they're working on breaking ties with another. Oh wow! He, oh, okay. He blasted them on a record from them funding private prisons, and wow. for what they get. And, and his excuse was, there's a lot of um, other people or other entities that are financing the Dakota pipeline. And she said, <laughs> "Do you think?" He said, do you think you should be responsible um, because of the spills that they had on the pipeline since you guys helped finance it being built? And he kind of sidestepped that a little bit, too. But those guys, again, people who are seniors, um, representatives, they're not going to say that because they're worried about getting their campaign contributions. These guys are lighting them up on the record. You know, I was so, watching. I was watching something the other night where the lady said, "Well, they, well I was watching Lawrence O'Donnell, and he said mm-hmm. that the majority of their time is spent trying to get campaign financing." And the, the, the freshman congresswoman said, "I don't care about that. Said, I'm, what I care about is what the people sent me here to do." And I thought to myself, "Wow." Yeah. <laughs> if the majority of their time is spent doing that, then what? Why the hell are they in Washington? Why? Yeah. It, yeah. Doing it, my bidding. Yeah, see, it's tricky when you run every two years because you have a year to learn something and then you have to raise money and then you run the next year. So you raise money and then you run and then you raise money and you run. So those guys are always constantly on the grind for raising money. Um, Those guys are criticized because they're not in their home constituency raising money. Isn't that weird? They're criticized for not raising money. Wow. They're doing my business. Oh, yeah. That's what I want them there to do. Hey, you know who's criticizing wow. them? The people who are trying to pay them off. They're like, y'all just be out raising money so y'all can leave Wells Fargo alone. Yeah. And there's another freshman congresswoman out of California, too, and she's doing the same thing. I mean, I think she raked Wells Fargo over the phone, over, over the coast, too. And they waited for the freshmen usually go last, and they only get like about five minutes. So the cameras are usually not paying attention by the time they get to those. But by the time they're getting to them, their questions are so on point that they're breaking news. And it's like, how come the senior, the senior people aren't doing this? It is just, it's just they, that's financing the senior people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, like I said, stay off of them and let them do their job. You'll learn a whole lot more than you thought you would ever go know. Mm. Yeah, now, oh, oh, last this past week, you know, there was an armed robber who held up the Bellagio's poker cage. Um, he was killed in a shootout after police outside of the uh, casino. Um, they they shot him because he was trying to carjack someone. <laughs> this, wow. this is yesterday. This is on Saturday. So, Damn. so, yeah. Now, I know people seen Ocean's Eleven and all of that stuff, and you can't just walk into no casino like that. They had to have a long plan with a lot of friends and some money to try to break a casino. Well, 
Or you better have really? a hot dice game, but you better not roll <laughs> up in there trying to... <laughs> Yeah, they, they're not gonna give up that money too easy, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, even if exactly. You, you better come with a hot hand or something. That other way, I don't think anybody's ever like it ever worked. I don't think anybody's ever just ran in there and just jacked the casino and got out of there. Have but, you seen the people that have won on the slot machines and they refuse to play them? And they they they, they tell them they say, "Well, we'll give you a steak dinner." No, <laughs> they oh, want no, money. They actually want money. Oh man, these people have won millions. I mean, really? I a slot machine, and they say, "Well, we can't pay you because we didn't reset the machine." Huh? Oh no. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. I've known casinos doing that before. And yeah. they say, "Oh, no. we need to reset." Yeah. Now they—that's where the gambling commission has to come in. But that there's something strange about people who do that kind of nonsense. <sighs> yeah. Now a school district employee. And New Haven, Connecticut, is forced to quit her job after she was filmed um, spitting at two black customers at a Connecticut supermarket. So, Corrine um, <laughs> Tyrone of what? New Haven is no longer employed at the Hamden, it's Hamden Public Schools, according to a statement from the school district that was released on Saturday. She worked as a clerk in the district offices. She resigned. Her resignation was official. Uh, officially announced the day after the video went viral on Facebook. Now, so she was heard yelling the N-word three times. Then she spit wow. at a, a black man and a woman twice. And it's unclear if anything um, uh, happened prior to it. But she was just arguing with her, and she called him out the N-word. You can hear it clearly. Um, she first she getting her hands put on her? She, she almost, the guy almost beat her down. And then oh. she stepped you know, first of all, she utters the mm. racial The man looks as if he's going to step to her, right? And and the woman, the black woman with him, kind of steps in front of her as they're walking away. And then she takes a step towards them and spits on him. Wow. And her response was, put your hands on me. Come on. See, I, I remember this before where uh, <laughs> some white woman did that to somebody. And they got beat down like crazy. Stop asking people to fight you because you think you have privilege, right? Because mm. you, you, that dude's not going to do that. You can't threaten nobody. So mm. she, she ended up losing her job, which she should. She and should have. Yeah. Trying to assault him too. Yeah, because if it. you spit on somebody, that's assault. That is assault. Yep. Yeah, I'm and sorry, you know, in New York State, I know in our area, that's a health code violation too. You can get a you can get arrested for just spitting. You're not really supposed to do that. Um, you know, the last blockbuster store in the world continues to survive because it's... Yeah, it's, yeah they're saying it's um, loyal and uh, it has a loyal pool of oil, of older customers uh, who can't use Netflix. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's what the store manager said. So after... Um, I guess Blockbuster announced that it would be closing its doors in Australia, and um, this franchise in Oregon became the last one standing. So among the reasons for its continued success, along with the community spirit and great customer service of what they're saying, is because the older regulars don't have access or are able to use online streaming services like Netflix. Mm. I, don't, wow. I don't think that's... I think they're just loyal to 
going there and getting their stuff. Yeah. Yep. Like, like there's, yep. there's, things, there's things that I do. Sometimes I hand wash my car, although I see that long line for the automatic car wash. <laughs> I just do it sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think yep. people just get used to stuff and they just, hey. Now, I don't know if I ever was a Mr. Color, your car is black, huh? Mr. Color, your car is black, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know, so you, can't, you, can't just, you just can't, no. <laughs> you just can't let anybody just rub, rub up against your car like, I'm just going to say that for the record. All right, Jay, I don't know what that was supposed to mean. Jay's right. trying to take a shot at me. Send your letter to Jay. <laughs> Fight the power. All right, Jerome, we have time for two more stories, man. Two more, man, before we get the final thoughts. Okay. Um, Jay, um, what Kroger's do you shop at, by the way? All right, so here's the another story. I, that's too bad. Fiesta? Anywho. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm lying. I get gas from Kroger. I'm sorry. I get what gas from Kroger. I'm lying. You get gas yeah, from Kroger? I get Kroger. gas from Kroger. Yes, sir. Uh, all yes. right, fine. All right. You know, um, I guess I shouldn't do this story, but Johnny Manziel is, uh, signed a deal with the AAF, you know, the new football yeah, league. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. It's yeah. after... Yeah, so they said that um, he's been mysteriously released from the CFL, from the Canadian Football League. It was um, he was right. playing in Montreal, I think, and um, yep. he was also banned by the league. So, so not only <laughs> yep. did he tear up his, his time in the NFL, then he get banned from Canadian. He was like, "There's what more league I can go to." So apparently, <laughs> apparently, uh, wow. If he can't get his butt back in the Pop Warner, he's going to be done in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to put that out there. You know, a Houston mm. woman, I, I, I'll, I'll be really quick on this. A Houston, a Houston woman gave, per, gave birth to septuplets in nine minutes, yeah. beating oh, the $1.47 billion, uh, $4.7 odds of delivering six babies between 4.5 and 4.59, um, no, I guess it's not seconds because they didn't do it that fast. But it was it was a morning birth, but it was on wow. Sunday morning that she delivered one set of twin girls uh, and two sets of um, boys, or two sets wow. of boys. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I didn't know I didn't know they wow. were keeping track on how fast you give birth, but apparently. Um, it, it was a 1.47 uh, billion odds of doing six tuplets in nine minutes. Mm. Well, she, Jay, I, she, uh, Jay, she, Jay, I she think you can beat that. Yeah, I think you can beat that. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, you <laughs> can, yeah, I'm right, saying. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, if I had yeah, kids, okay. I would just... try it. Absolutely. We'll take a drone for that. Hey. <laughs> Right. Hey, now, I wouldn't say LES, but you know, players shouldn't be like we don't we don't like to take signs on that. We can't we can't there bet you on that. You know, you know that hey, there's some stuff you don't bet on. You know what? You two are out of your minds. All right, it is time for final thoughts. And Johnny D, man, final thoughts, my dear friend. Again, just want to say thank you for this opportunity to have a voice and thank you for the opportunity for the fellowship and being able to break bread with some fine, fine uh, brothers and sisters on a Saturday morning. And, and hopefully, hopefully, that God has blessed me to be able to 
say some things that have informed some individuals in a positive way. Thank you. Absolutely. Good stuff. All right. The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, man. Uh, final thoughts. Hey, I just want to tell everybody to have a good week and um, say hey to Kathleen. Glad that you're doing well. And um, everybody have a good week, and we'll be back. Absolutely. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir, and uh, final thoughts. Well, my sentiment's exactly the same as Jerome. I'd like to say, hey, Kathleen, get well, darling. Um, didn't know you were that sick. I knew you had issues, but baby girl, you're right. Get your rest, get your sleep. Um, and, uh, darling, I'm praying for you most definitely. You know, uh, once again, I echo what my brothers say. Uh, the bottom line is, Kathleen, we love you. And we'll keep, continue to do what we do. Uh, while you, you know, get yourself right and uh, do the things that you need to do. And one last note I want to say. All right, look, listen, folks, everybody out there who appears to be your enemy may not be your enemy. What we need to do is learn how to embrace. We need to learn how to trust in people. We need to learn how to embrace the people who have the same values and the same thoughts that we have. Doesn't necessarily have to be black, white, or red or green, but as long as you believe in people being treated the right way and as long as you believe in people uh, should have the right to do the things that they were they they are supposed to under our Constitution and under the Bible, as long as those things, we adhere to those things, we should be all right and good to go with that. And on that note, Mr. LES, if it's Sunday... We're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow. Show. Folks, it's been truly a blessing to take care of you and to bring you the knowledge that we so, that you so desperately need. So, of course, Vanessa Maybelli and the Macadelli, Kathleen, get better, Vanessa, Jerome, Johnny, and Mr. Elias. I'm J. Riles saying have a wonderful work we can remember if it's Sunday. Talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. See you next week. God bless. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Network.